Hello and welcome to this series. So we're doing a six part series this time and it's all around leadership and coaching. And I'm so super lucky to have the amazing Dr. Susie Mitchell. Um, Dr. Susie Mitchell, can you give us a little bit of introduction of who you are to any of our listeners out there that wants to know about you? Oh, Louise, it's a delight to be on your podcast. Oh, I hate talking about myself. I'm here to help others, you know. But no, I've been running my own business for about nearly 25 years now. I'm a psychologist. I work usually in the business arena. But as we all know, when you work with people in business, companies, organizations, life, things show up. So, you know, I love helping people. I'm an executive coach and I've got a genre of clients, all clients internationally from luxury retail to hotels to tech companies to wealth management. I just love people. Um, I'm an ex-nurse from years ago and I really, really believe my purpose on this planet is to help people. So that's been my journey, Louise, and here we are today. Thank you, Susie. Now, Susie is very humble, um, so please check her out, and I'll give her social media channels at the end, but she is a wonderful coach that I've gotten to know through the amazing LinkedIn, and she works at Tony Robbins as well. She's a really amazing coach, and she's a lot of fantastic things there to say about coaching, and yes, you can see that in her values are helping people in the way she gives her time to people and is so supportive. Thank you for joining joining me. So we're going to delve into coaching and leadership coaching in particular. And this is something very close to my heart and um, all around purpose and alignment. Um, and for me, the, the journey came from, I suppose, my why needed to be bigger than my try. And this was a big, big learning curve for me, because I think for, for a long time, my I always liked helping people and I didn't know what that entailed and I fell into retail and it grew a pair of legs where I was um, exposed to coaching and it grew from there. Um, my fascination with coaching um, is bringing it into retail and bringing it into that space because it doesn't really exist in the culture um, of retail as much as what I'd like to see. I think it's in a lot of other industries, but we're not really seeing a lot of it in that industry. Um, Susie, in your experience, I suppose, how does a leader support their team as a collective when coaching them on kind of learned behaviours? Because it can be quite tricky at times. It definitely can be, Louise, definitely. I think the reality is that more and more is being demanded and change needs embracing by the workforce. And I would say, does the workforce have the confidence, the experience and the commitment to adapt undoing the learned behaviours, you know, that are no longer relevant within the culture of the business. And I definitely think there's two qualities that I think are important is ownership and responsibility. You know, but what makes people choose to take this? And I think leaders need to engage the workforce so they decide to make the choices they need to. So choices. And I think these days there is more awareness of person personal needs, you know, searching for that meaning. And that sense of purpose, like you mentioned earlier, I think we're living in such a fast moving world now with everything constantly changing. You know, I think we need to adapt with the flow of this and how I do it with um, working with leaders is I coach leaders through programs of a cultural cycle and the ingredients of success that enable them to do this. As you said, you know, I work with the likes of Tony Robbins and I've done Brenny Brown and Robin Sharma. I've worked with them and I think we've. I've collected what I believe are the best questions that actually shift 
people's learned behaviors and I've used them time and time again with staggering results that I'm proud to see people stepping up even more into their desired change and to impact the people within their business so that's what I would say yeah 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 I suppose going in there as a manager and we've we've all gone into I suppose organizations where you can feel that culture isn't right. You can feel that there's something not really, not, it doesn't feel right. There's, there's a, there's an ickiness in the air. There's something heavy in the air and you're trying to figure out how to unravel that. What questions can you give examples or what would you kind of look, we talked about talking to the individuals. What, what would you say would be kind of questions that would really maybe unravel that with the team that, that, people can maybe use um, to, to try and figure out what it is that's going on there? Yeah, three questions come to mind that I think that, that I use anyway, you know, yeah. so, and obviously people can listen to this afterwards and capture these questions down and everything. And I think one of them would be, how would I need to look at this differently to get a positive result? So it's helping the brain shift and looking at differently. And the second question I would say, what could I do differently today to make me feel better. You know, I think if we use the word differently a few times, the brain starts to open the cogwheels to think differently, to act differently. And then the last question I would recommend is definitely, how can I take responsibility for this change and manage it effectively and elegantly? Though, I mean, I've in 25 years, I've collected so many questions that I've used with all my clients. And obviously I've been on trainings. And I think those three really immediately get the shift get our brain to look at it and then it can start changing behavior yeah yeah definitely um and yeah I think questions are amazing they really unravel it and I think I think a lot of people a lot of a lot of maybe leaders or managers that I've come across are very quick to give advice or to you know to jump in and I think it's it's having that patience and that that quietness to be able to ask those questions, but to give room for people to, to to be able to answer them in the right way. I think there's two extras to add in there. I think what's important is, you know, I've learned over the years that questions are the answers. Mm, questions are really powerful. That's really powerful. Questions are the, are answers. the answers. I love that flip. Yes. And the person who is starting to use different questions to obviously change behavior or or unlearn behavior is I think there's a willingness. There has to be a willingness to want to change, to want to adapt. So the word that I use a lot these days is willingness. Mm, Willingness. Yeah. Well, yeah. Willingness is again, it's it's that it, it feels like when I hear the word willingness, it feels like it's accountability. It feels like it's it's not a forced. It, it's very much a, an act of wanting to. Yes. Yes, it is. I believe it is. Yeah, definitely. What do you feel? I suppose we have leaders that are in positions that might display some of these qualities to maybe do this. What do you feel is the kind of key ingredient? What do you think they need to have? We talked about willingness, accountability, to have these kind of coaching conversations. And we know some managers might have it and some mightn't. What do you think is important for them to have to have these conversations? Because not everyone um has had that trainer and not everyone knows how to do that Susie and um, I think there's some leaders in positions that maybe 
were moved into that role really quickly or maybe they were moved up and they you know they're not too sure how to manage those conversations what do you feel they need um to have um to have those conversations quality wise or skills wise I think again the leader's got to keep learning keep on that life journey of how can I become better I talk about the two millimeter shift with leaders you know taking that self-ownership taking that self-responsibility you know, everybody gets challenges in business and in life, it, you know, business mirrors life, really. So it, it's finding out, right, how do I take my self-responsibility to progress me so that I can help others in the workplace or in my personal life? I think it works across the board. So I would say they need to take that, that self-responsibility. And that, to me, is a quality because so many people don't want to look in the mirror. So many people don't want to show up to be the best they can be. They're comfortable. They're, they're, you know, they're steady eddies, whatever it is. But I think if you choose to be a learner, you know, a student of life, I look at it every day. How can I be the best I can be to help deliver to my clients? And I think the biggest would be self-responsibility, I would say there. Definitely, Louise. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. And then I'm just all these things are popping into my head as you're saying that self-awareness. And I can actually picture people through work or, or personal who have had that level um you know it's really really interesting uh coaching question I've used a few times is um who do you admire yes. uh, and what qualities or behaviors or values do they like yeah and really get the conversation going that way so it's really interesting to see from it from from a perspective of that um what, what do you find, I suppose, looking at the roles and finding your purpose, how does that play in a person's overall fulfillment of life? Because I know from, from having, I suppose, performance conversations, and, and I would always bring it back to the individual, um, you know, the business would always have a document and I'd always go outside of that because I know when you're dealing with people, uh, we can talk about key performance indicators and all of this, but that's not really going to get them motivated to go on sales floor and increase these uh, these KPIs. But some people don't know what their why is, Susie. Um, a lot of people don't know what their why is. Um, and I know it took me a really long time to, to know what my why is. Um, what do you think, from your experience, I suppose, as a coach, finding that purpose how does that play into people's fulfillment do you think in life I totally agree with you uh, many of the people I work with find this a challenge they really really do yeah. you know, nobody can identify their purpose and what I've again learned over the years is I do some very specific exercises to deep dive and bring out what's in their heart and what's in their emotion we shared off camera as we did a minute ago about you know helping somebody to read their own energy helping somebody to let go energetically, you know, um, and it's, it's, it's everybody, not everybody, but many, many people have this challenge. I remember when I was a nurse, like I said, many moons ago, and I absolutely loved caring and helping people then. So whatever I did when I moved into the business world had to revolve around that. I then realized, you know, that was my purpose to find paths to help people on this. We all have strengths and behaviors that are innate within us, all within. And it's just growing these if they feel right for that person. And you being a coach, me being a coach, you know, we can work this out one on one. We can do it as a group collective. But it is a challenge, a big challenge out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's quite interesting. And anytime I looked for my purpose or my why, 
I had to go backwards. I had to really work a lot on reflecting and journaling and seeing, you know, what what got me really excited, even going back to my childhood. What did I like doing? What gave me energy? And 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 nearly finding those little patterns or those little snippets because we leave trails, we leave breadcrumbs along the way. Um, and it's finding those breadcrumbs. So yeah, it's just it's really interesting, I think. And I think a lot of people through COVID, um, because we had to stand still, they had a lot of that time to reflect. And and that's really where my um purpose journey really gained wheels and traction because I had to stop and 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 that's where that's where that came into so I just wanted to to get your view on that so it's really interesting to hear and we shared helping is definitely a value I think most coaches um and and helpers I think have that inside them that giving and that helping and wanting to help others they yeah. do. I also like your word reflection. You know, I do a technique called the self-reflective mirror. And it's exactly what you said. We've got to sometimes go back to go forward, find out, you know, from the past what worked, what didn't work. You know, is it a behavior? Is it a feeling? Is it emotion? There's so many things. But I, it's very true. The word reflection is, is part of it as well. Yeah. 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 What does align? What does it being aligned mean to you? Because Alignment is very much a buzzword. It's been a buzzword, I think, recently, and we're talking about it a lot. And I'm always interested to hear what does aligned mean to you? If you could sum it up or say to somebody, what does it mean? Um, Well, let me tell you what it means to me. I think it's truly living our true values. That's what I believe it is. You know, when behaviours, thoughts, others go against their values, that is when so many unpleasant things happen to them. You know, there could be conflict, there could be negative situations. Even when people have healthy debates, I call them, you know, when people have different opinions, it's so important to understand somebody else's point of view. We may not agree with certain parts of the discussions, you know, but see it as a gift when you're having that um, healthy debate with other people if they go against your values and things because we need to understand others but I would say absolutely um, you know aligned means living to the values most definitely definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah I love that yeah Um I when I went when I looked back on my journey and seen helping and and kind of figured out helping helping how does that you know because it's very much a vague and I remember doing a a, a values assessment matrix and I was coming back with all these words and again it was like a puzzle almost figuring it out and I think what you touched on there that's something that's very important to me and when I look back on my journey I was serving customers I was serving my staff I was helping helping build you know so it all did come back to serving and helping people that's I was in a service industry so it, it fed into that so yeah it's just really interesting to hear that Susie um values because we do have them and I think sometimes people when they hear the word values they they kind of think it's very much a far away thing you know yeah. it's very abstract yeah. but I think sometimes we bring it back to what we do in a day-to-day life and what those actions are that is it's a simplified version of of what it is we're really talking about today um yeah definitely your yours is helping Susie so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this back to you your value is helping how does it show up in your daily life how does yours show up because I love asking I love putting a, a little story together of how that what that looks like I think in my daily life, one of the absolute my values are that I have daily thoughts about is gratitude. 
gratitude, you know, gratitude of people, gratitude of experiences, even the challenging ones, Louise. You know, as I believe, I may need to hear that lesson over and over again until I get it. You know, um, I just, I'm every day I say, I've, I write a gratitude journal every few days, what I'm grateful, but I literally, because I choose to be a student of life, I keep saying to myself, how can I be an even better person, you know, with my gifts to serve others? So I would say, you know, the daily thoughts I have about gratitude, that's what keeps me to my North Star and keeps me to my true values. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's beautiful. I love that. Um, I think uh, Gratitude is, it's very underestimated, but it's such a powerful it's tool. Powerful. It is so powerful. Um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 amazing what it does. Um, and it's again, it's it's writing that down. I think it really brings it to life. But also, I don't know whether you know this, and you may know this, but gratitude and fear cannot live in the mind at the same time. You can't have gratitude thoughts and fear thoughts. Oh, I love that, Susie. One or the other. You know, it's really interesting. So if you fill your heart, your soul, your mind with gratitude, it mitigates. It really brings down the not so good side of things. I love that, Susie. Love that. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna write that down. I I love that. If you you can't see right now, anybody, but uh, if anyone was in my office right behind my laptop, I have these uh, these kind of these words that mean something to me when something yeah when, when and and that means something to me and when I put it up it there could be times throughout the day where I'll look up and I'll go yeah you know what yeah I'm going into your unconscious mind fabulous exactly yeah I love it yeah it really works for me a visual and definitely it, it evokes that emotion because I can link it back to and I'll link this back to the conversation we had um and that I'll get that feeling again it works it's it's amazing yeah um, have you ever coached someone that they felt they were aligned and then to realize, Susie, that they were like, no, I'm no longer aligned to this. It's no longer serving me. Um, do you believe it can change or have you ever experienced that change? First of all, I definitely do believe people can switch and pivot and change. They've got to have that word willingness that I mentioned earlier. And I actually coached a CEO three years ago who built a phenomenal business in one direction. And then he had lost the passion and the drive for that business. And a few sessions later, he absolutely pivoted and is truly loving what he's building now. And he's going to take it to an eight figures exit. Absolutely phenomenal. But he realized he'd lost his mojo, lost his purpose, you know, still has a sort of handed the reins of that business over. And now he's really gone deeper. He's a different season of life. He's a little bit older, more wisdom, because I truly believe we go through seasons of our life and get different learnings. And he's definitely pivoted and he's loving, loving what he does with a mega, mega passion. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Was that a journey that took a while? Was there a lot of self-reflection, Susie? How did he get to that point of repivoting was it was it him realizing it himself was it the coaching was it reflecting what came about that or was it just that he wasn't getting the output that he was putting in how did that realization great question louise i've been working with him and his team leadership team for about three years and obviously we progressed the business because i work through the business through the people that's my role when i go into companies And I'd noticed for about three or four months, he was off kilter, off kilter. So when I had my one-to-ones with him, my private coaching with him, 
we just did some deep dives and I found out, you know, he'd lost that desire. He'd lost the energy to actually focus on the business. And I found out what it was and he, he felt I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve because entrepreneurs or CEOs or visionary people, they do, they, they, they pivot more often than not. You know, that's a pattern that I see with CEOs and entrepreneurs, those that have their own businesses, because they so excited about building something. And then when they built a platform that's phenomenal, they lose the energy to do it. So they want to go and build again. And yet some, some of them don't have the heart to do it because here we go again, attitude. So it took about three coaching sessions with him when we identified. I, I had to call him out on it one day and I said, you know, you're not living your truth. And he went, how did you know? And I said, listen, I've been, I'm not going to mention his name, but I've been working with you a long time, I know. And it took about three coaching sessions and then the light bulbs went off and he said, I've just got to let go of that, hand the reins over and move on to the next. And, you know, it's just having that realisation, that awareness. Yeah, yeah, that's really powerful. And it's great to have that. I think, I think, you know, you, you mentioned calling him out on that. And I think sometimes as coaches, um, and I know myself when I started coaching, I was actually afraid to call uh, my coaches out on stuff. And it did take a while because you're, you're trying to, you know, it's there and you're, you're asking those questions and you're, you're unraveling and you're unraveling. And then you're going, okay, you know, it's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. So I think I love that approach. Um, uh, Susie of, we, we are the mirror, I think, to our coaches. We, we mirror, and I think it's, it's very important as well that when we see that, that we do call it out um, because it helps them on that journey. Um, yeah, I do believe coaches are there to call them out. Once you've built your trust and rapport and you have that relationship, you can, because what, what's the point of being their coach if we can't yeah. have honesty again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. From your perspective as a coach, um, what do you believe is the biggest blocker for people finding their purpose or their why? What do you think that blocker is? Great question again. And I think one of the reasons is that they don't give it the time and the energy and the focus to do that deep dive. I think a lot of people are swimming along on the surface in that swimming lane, you know, and they just don't take that time. That's what I see as a pattern with all the people I've worked with, you know, so we definitely work out to give it the time. And I think once people give their attention to exactly what they want, you know, because asked by the right coach trained to do this, obviously, then incredible outcomes will, will happen. Definitely. Because most people, again, think it's through intellectually from their head. Yet when they drop from their head to their heart and come from within, and we ask those heartfelt questions deeper, then their true self comes through. I think many people do not want to be perceived um, by others with the true, real belief systems. People wear a mask, you know this. And I think perceptions can really prevent people from living their truth. So again, when we open it up and bring those real beliefs, real truths forward, I think people then, it's lovely, the mask is dropped. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I can definitely relate that sometimes we look to find our why with that rational part of our brain we look to rationalize that why and that purpose and that's not where where that comes from that comes from a different place and that comes yeah it comes from that emotional part of us and I think definitely that's that's where there's a different different part of our brains working and yeah and I think from, from seeing some clients that sometimes there's an expectation of you know 
you're doing medicine or you're doing law or you're and we have that expectation that we feel others have of us and that can also possibly be a blocker that we have in our way yeah yeah and um, what in your life have you come across as your biggest obstacle and what you need to draw on to overcome this? And I love asking you these personal questions. <laughs> You're probably going to stop asking me. But yeah, I just think it's interesting because you're a coach, Suzanne. You're so, you're fantastic at what you do. So your self-awareness and self-understanding is quite high, I can imagine. So when I'm asking these questions, I know they won't be bothered to you. So that's partly why. (laughs) I don't mind at all because if it can help one person, that's yours and my belief, I'm sure. If it can help one person to live their true values, et cetera, et cetera, then I think it's important. I think it's when I chose to move from nursing to the business world. That was probably my biggest obstacle. You know, I'd, this is years ago and I was 18, I decided to be a nurse and my, and I, I chose that as a profession, probably the age of my life. There wasn't a matter of choices then as a woman. And I still wanted to impact and make a difference to more people's lives. And I discovered I had a real thirst for learning about the mind and neurology and how it works. Hence, I did, um, you know, my PhD in neurology and psychology. But I had to be my own guinea pig. I had to take that leap of faith to jump careers. My father thought I was crazy. How can you give up a nursing profession? And I said, no, it felt to me like I had to do it. I was on this mission. It was like an epiphany. And I just knew that I had to take that leap of faith. And I knew I had to do it. And I've never looked back because I'm still helping people within this arena. And I just love learning. I love learning. Love it. Love it, love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. For anyone that's in that phase, because a lot of people are moving into what they were doing into a new career, what would you say is the biggest support tools or the biggest resources they can really, I suppose, have around them as a as a solopreneur, as a someone that's starting out, they've moved to maybe starting their own business. What would you say would be the, the advice you'd give them um, maybe on that journey starting out, Susie? Well, I have to bring it back to what we both do for a living. When you're on your own as a solopreneur, is find a coach. You know, I know when you start up a business, you don't have a lot of money, you know, because you want to start your business to build money, you know, and build values and build relationships. But I would say find a coach because, you know, I've been blessed over the years to have amazing people that we've mentioned already as, co- as a coach to me. But find somebody that relates to your energy. And find that coach that you can soundboard off. You know, you may not need a coach to say, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do it? Because you might be very clear, but you need somebody to support you, to hold you accountable, to be with you on the journey, to bounce ideas off. And that is a massive resource that I think it'll help so many people realize that whether you're in a big business, you're running your own business now, you and I believe in coaching. That's why we choose to do it as a profession. Yeah, Definitely. And to keep you in check and to have that support and accountability. I think it's so powerful, especially when you're on your own. Um, Can you thank you so much? I've had so much knowledge out of this uh, time together. And before we came on air, I honestly could sit and talk to Susie all day long because she's one of those people. You're just one of those people. I just want a cup of tea with and talk to for two or three hours. where can people find you, Susie? So um, can we shout out your, your website or where people can maybe get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn under Dr. Susie Mitchell. And my website is susiemitchell.co.uk. So that's S-U-S-I-E. And then my surname.co.uk. But please reach out to me, you know, 
Louise is amazing at what she does. And she's put these incredible podcasts together. So she's always your first port of call. But if something resonated with what I said, please reach out and I will always reply to a DM. Always. Thank you. Thanks so much, Susie. I appreciate you coming on. And thanks a million for your time and look forward to talking to you again soon. Definitely. Bye-bye, Louise. Bye.